Lord, everybody. Amen, 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 amen. Welcome to Christ-Centered Church, where Christ is our central focus. We want to welcome everyone this morning for just choosing this house to worship in. We thank you for just taking the time out. Our online viewers, as always, we appreciate you for just taking the time out to worship with us. Why don't you stand with us this morning? We're getting ready to go through our praise and worship. We're getting ready to magnify. We're getting ready to glorify. Come on, every day is a day of thanksgiving. We just had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we're here this morning just to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're here to bless the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Have your way, Jesus.
Come on, let's give God a high praise in this house. I love to call on the name of Jesus. When my father and my mother may forsake me, I know the Lord will hear my cry. The Lord said he will take and raise me up. And I give God thanks because I can call on the only name that can save me. The only name that can heal and deliver me. When I'm in crisis, I only look to him. We can look to other people, but they can't yet fulfill what God only can fulfill. And if we more, if this country and in the world can look more to Jesus Christ, we might be to be in a much better situation. But because of the grace of God and because he has called out a people, that he has called for his purpose. And we're just here to serve. I believe that we are called to serve. And this is why this church is such a great church. Because that's what our mission is. is to serve. To serve the, 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 the purpose of Jesus Christ. To continue what he has started. We are the continuation of the Book of Acts church. And we thank you for yet watching us and joining us. Because we want you to be a part of this wonderful experience that you're seeing and feeling not just you're seeing it but you're feeling it when you are listening to this awesome praise and worship theme it's the presence of god that is yet going through those airways that you would feel to lift your hands to even sing along with us that's why you came and that's why you're with us and we thank you for watching us and those who are present in the house of god let's put our hands together one more time for giving us the power and the strength to be here on this wonderful sunday morning course it's a wonderful time especially one of my favorite times of the year is this time about family about Jesus about the love of God it's about everything embodied into one season we're going to pray today that God will touch every family touch the lives of those who are hurting those who experience loss those who are yet needing a healing in their body we're praying that God will touch what can be done and said because I know a word from God is coming to you to yet restore you, to strengthen you. Whatever you need, it's in the word of God. And it's going to reach you today. Let's lift our hands right now before God and we're going to pray today's service. Father, we give you thanks again for bringing us here, for allowing us to be in this, in this awesome atmosphere. We thank you for what you're going to do, what you have already established. And God, we can't ask you anything, but God, we thank you. We want to say thank you for the all the mountains that you brought us through. We thank you for the valleys you brought us over. We thank you for this Thanksgiving season. We thank you for the Christmas season that is about to come. We thank you for family. We thank you for, oh God, the people that love us and people that we that may hate us. But we know that, God, our heart is filled to express the love of God. And let us express the love of God. Let us express the giving of God. And we pray for healing in the body of those who are not well, those who are watching. We pray that you will touch their families. We pray that you will increase them. I pray that you increase their faith. And let a word go forth today that will touch them and transform them in the, in the image of your likeness. We thank you and we praise you. Let's put our hands together. Let's rejoice in the Lord and the God of our salvation as we say thanksgiving to God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Amen. 
applause this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Have your way among us this morning, oh God. Have your way among us this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we magnify your name this morning in the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause, everybody. Hallelujah, it's truly worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, have your way among us today, Lord. Have your way today, Lord. Have your way. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could we praise the Lord, everybody? Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord, everybody? Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. He's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you. you. May be seated. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise and worship. Amen. Thank you for ministering to us this morning. Praise God. We want the Lord to have his way among us in everything that we do today. Amen. We want it to be done to the glory and to the honor of his name this morning. It's truly worthy to be praised this morning. Amen. Praise God. As we continue to worship the Lord this morning. We trust and pray and do hope that all of us did have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family and friend. Amen. We just came with a Thanksgiving uh, celebration. And even though we're still in the celebration, acknowledging God and let him know much we're thankful for all the things that he has done for us. Praise God. The scripture said, in everything we should give thanks. Amen. Not just one time a year, but in everything that we do, we should give thanks in the good times and in the bad times. He's truly worthy to be praised. And we have all right to praise and to magnify him because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. So continue to worship the Lord today with us. Amen. We're truly serving an awesome God. He's truly great and he's greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. As we get in ready to transition for offering, I'm going to ask Brother Oscar if he can come on and get ready to uh, um, for uh, offering. Praise God. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. All righty. So let us stand and give thanks to God in offering. Amen. Let us be a little more cheerful this morning. Amen. All righty. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, Lord God, when there's no one else to turn, Lord. The earth is yours, the fullness thereof, Lord God. This morning, Lord God, we give unto you, Lord God, that in which you have allowed us to have, Lord. We pray you may bless those that give and open up a door for those who don't have, so that they may have to give to your glorification. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Can you stand and bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord?
clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. It is so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank God for waking us up and starting us on our way. (laughs) He has been so good to us, better to us than we ever deserved. But God has been good to us, and we thank him for all he is doing in our lives. Amen. Um, I feel like I need to um, take my time and move along um, just because in the morning at 9 a.m., it's like fire all morning long. <laughs> I, I don't have time to take my time. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit different at 9 a.m. because we know we got to be done by a certain time. And it's fire all the way all the way through to the end. We had a great service this morning, and I'm laughing at the folks because 9 a.m. is packed, packed, packed. And I'm laughing. I said, what are you all going to do when we go to our one service at 1030 a.m.? Because they're probably loving life. They come in at 9 a.m., and they're done at 1025, 1030. They're out in the parking lot, and they're like, "Woo! got the rest of our day to ourselves." And um, that's getting ready to change a little bit, so... We will see what the Lord does and how we're, we're great adjusters, though. We're, we can adjust um, according to the situation. So I have no doubt we'll be fine. Just a couple of, couple of quick announcements. Just a reminder, don't forget our Christmas banquet. Um, we said we moved the venue, which we did. We moved the venue from the Marriott in Princeton, and we're going to be at Casey Prime on Quaker Bridge Road. Um, familiar place to many of us. We go there quite a bit. And so um, we will be able to go there. The cost is $25 for adults, um, children that are 12 through 17, $15. And if you're under uh, 12, um, no dollars. And um, we look forward to seeing you there. Um, First come, first serve. So if you don't pay up, we will not take any money at the door. And don't show up at the door. Be a good Christian. Don't, don't be like the world, because you know you in the world, you show up at the door with your 25, say, come on now, let me in. Come on now, you're a Christian, let me in. Don't do that to us, that's not right. Amen. We have a count that we need to make sure we hold to, so you showing up um, will put us in a really tight spot. We have to give them a count um, a couple of days before we show up, so we can't tell them it's going to be 60 and then 70 people show up. That's not going to help us, that's not going to be good. So uh, $25, love to have you there. Christmas banquet is one of the things in this church that you always want to make as well as our uh, picnic. And so we look forward to seeing you there. Um, also, as you see, as we do annually, um, we do our uh, Christmas for Christ offering. Um, the, the theme is always give your best gift to Christ. And so with all the spending that we will do, um, I forgot what I saw the number was. I think the number was... Um, probably, if I'm not mistaken, I think the number was close to $900 billion that North America spend during the holiday season. And so if we would just stop for a minute and says, you know, we can't forget Jesus. We're going to give our best gift to Jesus because we want to see more churches being planted in North America and more people being reached with the gospel in North America. So we're going to give. And so 
Um, this is what you're looking at today on our Christmas tree. We do it every year. We put envelopes with um, denominations on it um, of 19 dollars $6, $29, different amounts. We, we have a $10,000 at the top. And so um, whatever you'd like to give, um, you feel like God will enable you to give whatever it is that you can do. Grab an envelope, and we will receive that offering on the 23rd. We will receive, not the 23rd, the 25th, Christmas Day. Woo, that's different today. Christmas Day um, is when we will receive our Christmas for Christ offering. And Christmas Day, we're only having one service. We're going to be right here. It will only be one service, 1030. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, get here early, <laughs> but one service Christmas day, we won't keep you long. We want you to be with your family, but we just believe that what better day to celebrate Christ than Christmas. And so we are looking forward to our one service on December 25th. And that's when our Christmas for Christ offering is due. We will start taking envelopes off the tree next week. So next week when we do our offering, uh, what we're going to ask for you to do is to come up and grab whatever envelope that you feel like you can afford or you want to give a faith offering, meaning you'll see a $1,000 um, offering on there. You know you don't have $1,000, but you take it up because you believe God will bless you with $1,000 to give the Christmas for Christ. This is something that we do. We believe our church is blessed because we've always done this. This is one of the things that we have done since the inception of this church, and we believe that's why we're so blessed. Um, and what God is doing in our church. So we thank God for that. So we want to continue to support that. Yes, we're in our reach um, campaign. And, um, you know, we have given a whole lot. But we still want to give to see other churches being planted, new churches being raised up. And that is very important. So join with us with that. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I don't know where do I go from here. Um, it's good to see all of you. <laughs> Amen. I welcome all of our online um, congregation, and uh, we want to let you know we love you, and we're always thanking God for you and grateful that God put us together. And so I ask this morning of the congregation, as I will of you as well, that you will um, give close attention to the Word of God. Oftentimes we come to church, and um, we kind of, you know, get a little bit of the word here and there, and we get a, an idea of what's being said, but to try to repeat it um, as to how we heard it, um, we struggle with that. And so if you will hear the word this morning, it's a word for this church, and I don't want us to miss it. Um, it's, a, it's a word for this church, and so I would like for us to hear from the Lord this morning and take what the Lord is saying unto us and apply it to our life. Amen. I know that we're, um, I, need, I meant to ask this, um, Sister Crystal, where's Sister Crystal? She's somewhere around here. Uh, um, okay. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to find out um, for our um, for our food drive, um, do we still need anything? We have all we need? Okay. All right. Great. So we're doing a food drive, Sister Crystal, and um, Brother Isaiah is taking care of that, so I know they were um, asking for donations, and then she just told me we have everything that we need. So that's great. That's wonderful. And I thank you, church, for always being given. It's not coincidence why you're blessed 
and why, you know, God continues to open doors for you. It's not a coincidence. It's, it's always about um, serving God with your hands open and being willing to give, and God will always give back unto you. We can't outgive God. Did you know that? And God will owe no man. So whatever you do for the Lord, the Lord will always do better to you because he will not let you do something and not repay or not give back to you in some way because God will owe nobody. Well, let's stand and let's go right into the word of the Lord. Amen. Hopefully we won't be here long, but I pray that you'll respond to God's word this morning before we leave. Amen. Judges chapter 6, we'll start in verse number 12. Judges chapter 6, verse number 12. Amen. The Bible says in verse number 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? As I mentioned earlier, um, I want you to take note of that text because we're always quick to say, God, why am I going through this? And you say you're God. You said you're with me. You say you're doing this. Why are we having to go through all of this? Why are we still struggling, Lord, when you are with us? And so you and Gideon are in the same boat. You're no different from Gideon. And we'll soon, late, uh, we'll soon learn what a mighty man Gideon is. So uh, it's okay sometimes to question what's going on around you. And you believe that God is for you and with you. But there's still things that is not good that's happening around you. The scripture went on and says, And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord had forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Uh, Gideon is saying, listen, I've heard the testimonies. Can we say that too? We've heard the testimonies. of some folks saying how God did this and God did that. And you're saying, well, God, where's my miracle? Somebody just hold on tight. Hold on tight. God is no respect of persons, and God can't change, and God cannot lie. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Gideon wanted to know, Lord, if that's you talking, you got to show me a sign. You got to let me know that's you, Lord. <laughs> Verse 18, depart not hence, is what Gideon said. I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present. That's a message in itself. The Lord spoke to him and he says, I'm not going to let you go until I bring my present. We can't leave here today without bringing our present. 
God will speak to you. And you can't leave without bringing your present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose a fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Jesus, your word is already gone forth. Lord, we want your will to be done in this service one more time. However you see fit to work in the midst of this congregation, even now, those of us that are here present and those of us who are online, live streaming, however you see fit to work in the midst of us, whatever you desire to do, Lord, we want it to be done. For we humble ourselves unto you. We give ourselves to you and we ask, oh God, that your will be done and that we will leave here today different, change with a focus, with influence and with the purpose of God in our hearts and in our mind. We give you the praise and the honor for all these things we pray in Jesus name. Somebody say amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you. You may be seated. I would like to talk to you this morning on this topic. The unknowns who became known. The unknowns who became known. I want you to hear me good this morning. There's some things I need to get across. And I want you to hear me. Because sometimes we allow doubt. We allow our history, we allow our struggles, we allow our lack to cause us to not believe God's word. And God's word is true whether or not we believe it. (coughs) Whether we are in a good position or a compromised position. If we will hear God's word this morning, it will make a difference in our life. And so I want you to know this. The Lord Jesus has called you to influence and for his purpose. I'll say it again. The Lord Jesus has called each and every one of us here 
to influence and to purpose. There's not one of you in here that God has not called you to be an influence and to his purpose. He has called you. The question will be before we leave here today, do we believe it and how will we respond to that? During the book of Judges, Gideon was the most significant influencer in Israel for 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. Gideon influence, influencing anyone would have been surprising to Gideon's friends and his family. Gideon would not have been elected as most likely to succeed at any high school. You know how in high school we like to say most likely to succeed, most likely to be rich, most likely to go on and be this, most likely to you know be a professional sports person or whatever. Gideon was not most likely for anything in his high school. He came from the smallest tribe in Israel, and his family was insignificant within that tribe. Yet, God selected Gideon to influence hundreds of thousands of Israelites. I want you to let go of the excuses you've been holding on to for so long. You see, you can hold on to excuses when pertaining to the things of this world. Because in this world, you need man. You need somebody. You need what they call a champion. You need someone to help you to become successful in this world. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have connections, if, if you don't know somebody that knows somebody, uh, if you don't compromise yourself, if you don't sell your soul to the devil in this world, what they call success, you will not experience. But God didn't call you to be successful in this world. Unfortunately, that's something that we have come up with. We have decided what we think success looked like for this world. But God didn't call us to be successful in this world. He called us to be successful in his kingdom. So Gideon's success was according to God's purpose for his life. He came from the smallest tribe in Israel, and so his family wasn't significant or anything like that. And so people never would have guessed Gideon could have been such great influence or could have had such purpose in life. But listen to me carefully. What you see in the choosing of Gideon is often the case with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always looking. He's always searching for those of us to come out from obscurity, from, from searching for people like us that thinks that, oh, there's nothing good about me that God can use. Oh, I'm not gifted enough. Oh, I'm not talented enough. I don't have what it takes to be this. God is always searching for those kind of people. Because you see, those kind of people will always realize as they're living for God that it's only by the grace and the power of God why they're doing what they're doing. Unfortunately, some men over the years lost that whole focus. 
that we were nobodies, that we came from out of obscurity, that 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 we had nothing going on for ourselves and we were just going to just be another person in this world. And we forgot that it was God that called us out of that world, out of obscurity, out of, uh, you know, not having any talent that was going to get us to move forward, that we would never become rich. We would never accomplish anything great, just enough to get by. There's a reason why they call the one percenters the one percenters. <laughs> Do you know who they call the one percenters? I mean, there's couple of people, a couple of groups that call, they call it one percenters. But most of the time when you hear the one percenters, it's talking about the one percent of the people that have all the riches in this world. The one percenters that they trickle down to other people so other people can have or other people can do things. It's all coming from the one percenters. I sometimes, you know, I talk to Ethan sometimes and some of the other young guys and I laugh at them. I said, I know you all think you all are smart and intelligent and you're moving and shaker. You're mover and shakers and getting some stuff done. But I always tell them, don't forget the good old boys are still calling the shots. You can say whatever you want. Silicon Valley, young people, sharp people, good old boys, still kind of have their hand making it all work. So whatever we're going to become in this life, we need the good old boys to be in some kind of support. We need something in the background to be working for us. And so don't think that you ever accomplish anything in this world without selling your soul or without somebody saying, I got you. And they got to say, I got you for a reason. But God is looking for people just like me and people just like you, just a normal, regular individual, normal, regular people that we don't have anybody in high places, normal, regular people that didn't come from rich family, normal, regular people that were just going to live life. God is looking for us to make us influencers. God is looking for us to make us have purpose in him so we can make a difference in this life. I am telling you this morning, you're going to make a difference if you're hearing this word. If you will take in what I'm saying to you this morning, you might just think that you're just here living. But God is going to do something through you if you will hear his word today. God is not speaking to you just so you can hear. He's speaking to you because he wants to do something in your life. Do you believe that this morning? The Lord doesn't see us as we see ourselves. The Lord sees us for who we will become in him. There's a lot of people in scripture that they remember God. Um, said to um, said to um, Jesse, where's all your sons? Is this all your sons? And Jesse said, no, there's another one, David. He's in the field. And Samuel said, well, bring him on here. And all of Jesse's son, they looked like they were supposed to be somebody. All of Jesse's son, handsome. They, they knew how to do stuff. They had talents. All of Jesse's son, surely they had to get picked to become the next king of Israel. And the one that everybody least expected, <laughs> the one who they just, I mean, he was so insignificant that you don't even need to be in the house. Just, be out, just stay out in the field. Stay out in the field with the sheep. Just stay out there. Yeah, yeah, no sense. Remember, the one that's in the field always have the hardest work. The ones that's in the house, it's a little bit easier for them. So when you're part of the family, but you got to be the one to be in the field, you have the hardest work. And they don't think much of you. 
And so David was in the field. But the Lord said to Samuel, as he said to the rest of them, the Lord sees not how man sees. Every time I can think of that, when I read that, the Lord sees not as man sees. Man sees the outward appearance. Man sees what they think is success. Man sees what they think will work. But God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And I'm here to tell you your situation is not what God is looking at. God sees your heart. God don't see like man sees. God sees your heart. And so God wants to bring you from the unknown to become known. God wants to bring you from obscurity to where he needs you to be so you can do something great for him. Judges 6 that we read early in verse 12, it says, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The word valor means strength and influence. It means a brave man. It means a man of substance. It means a warrior. It means wealth or an army. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord called Gideon a mighty man of valor. If you know anything about Gideon, you should know Gideon was a coward. But what you are right now that you display That's not how God sees you. You might be fearful. You might be a coward. You might feel like you have no talents. You might feel like I'm too broke. You might feel like I am never going to be able to do anything. But God don't see you like you see yourself. Uh, I will even say the way you see yourself being successful in this world, God don't see you that way. As you see yourself. So you might see yourself as being a great success in this world. I'm here to tell you, God don't see you that way. God don't see you as you see yourself. You know, he says, the Lord don't see as man see. That man includes you. So how you see is not how God sees. How other people see you is not how God sees you. God sees you according to who he designed and created you to be. God sees you as how you will fulfill his purpose and how you will influence others. That's how God sees you, not how you see yourself. So if you've been stuck and can't get it together, it's because you've got a vision of what you see. Not the vision of what God has. You want to move along? You want to start experiencing success? Start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Which means you got to go to God and say, God, how do you see me? And he's saying, listen to the preacher today. Listen to the preacher today. Because I'm telling him to tell you what I think of you. Listen to the preacher today. Gideon was pronounced by the angel a mighty man of valor. But did Gideon Gideon know his own might? You would think a valorous man would know his valor. However, Gideon's valor was unknown to himself as well as unknown to Israel and all his enemies. Nobody knew the might that Gideon had. Gideon didn't know. His friends didn't know. Israel didn't know, and the armies didn't know. So it's okay to not know what I'm telling you this morning. 
It's okay that you don't see yourself the way God sees you. But hear me this morning that God is calling you from where you are into where he wants you to be. Listen to me. Gideon's valor was real, but untried. Gideon's valor was living, but dormant. Gideon's valor was mighty, but unexercised. You have might in you that God has put in you, but you don't even understand it yet. You don't even know it yet. And it's not until you allow God to have his way in your life will you come to know it. Because Gideon didn't know what he had. Gideon was scared. Gideon was fearful. Gideon thought less of himself. Great occasions make great men and women. Great trials make great believers in Christ. I'm telling you, until you exercise your faith, you won't know that you have faith. You might have it and you might wonder, do I really have faith? But not until you exercise that faith that you really realize, I do have faith. I do have faith. I told you, when I first got saved, one of the curious things I experienced in apostolic faith is how people like to be, to, to get their, you know, the preacher lay hands on them. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And, of course, I read the Bible. I say, yeah, that, that's done in the Bible. James said, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders. And, but also, what, what stuck with me a lot living for God was this. God is no respecter of persons. That was always something that stuck with me. And I remember when faith told me, lay hands on yourself. And you'll see. And I laid hands on myself. I rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose me, Lord, and set me free in Jesus' name. And the sickness was gone. I said, oh, God is no respecter of persons. All right, that worked on me. I got to see it work on somebody else for me to really believe. We went down to a conference down in Delaware, Harvest Conference down in Delaware. My wife was in pain, just pain. I was proud of her for coming, but she was in pain. I mean, like, oh, bent over pain. I said, it's time to test. I went over, lay hands on her. In the name of Jesus, I set you free. I loose you. Be healed by his stripe. And boom, by the way, she was healed. I said, okay, now, 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 you can't mess with me now. Like, okay, now, I had faith, but I didn't know how I really can work it until I worked it. I didn't use it until I finally did use it. I had faith, but I had to know I had faith. And the only way to know if you have faith or not is to do something. Faith is not just saying I have faith. Remember I told you, faith is to have the knowledge of who Christ is, that he's almighty God manifest in flesh. Faith is to have the knowledge of God. 
right? So when you come to know who God is, you possess faith. So faith is really knowledge of who the Lord is. I know you've been taught many years, faith is believe. Faith is not an action word. Faith is not an action word. Faith is not an action word. When you have faith, you put action to it. Faith without works. Oh, I know I'm in the book. You I'm not saying anything ridiculous. I'm in the book. So what happens a lot is people have faith, no works. So because no works, you never get to see if you really have faith. And so you walk around questioning whether or not you have faith, questioning whether the word of God is accurate or not. But it's because you never exercise your faith. What knowledge you have of God, you never did anything about it. And church, I'm here to tell you, I said it this morning, I'll say it again, uh, that when God visits you, when God speaks to you, uh, it will bring you to a place where you have to be responsible to do something about what God has said to you. Uh, God don't show up and expect you to stay the same way. God don't show up and you don't do anything but just walk around and say, I'm blessed and highly favored because the Lord showed up and God spoke to me. That's not what God is saying. When I show up, it's because I have a plan. When I show up, you will have to do something. But we like to walk around. I'm blessed and highly favored. Okay, what are you doing about that? What are you doing about being blessed and highly favored? When God shows up, we're going to be required to do something. When God shows up, we're going to be required to do something. If at the very least, we're going to worship because he show up. When God shows up, we're going to be required to do something. If you call on him and you want him to show up, you're going to be required to do something. We want God to show up. And all we want to do is thank you, Jesus, and walk away and go brag that God spoke to me. Go brag that God showed up. Man, his presence was powerful in that place. And we walk away and do nothing. Gideon's might was hidden. But it was no less real. And so is yours. You are no different from Gideon. You have in you some things that you don't even know you have. But the only way you're going to know that you have those things is when you respond to God's word in faith and begin to do what God says. Then you will realize you have some things in you that ain't never came out until you started responding. The names of the unknowns who became known are long and growing every day. In the Bible, Gideon joins David, Deborah, an early judge of Israel, Abram, Daniel, Amos, Simon, Peter, Cornelius, and so many others who, be, who came from obscurity to prominence. God wants to bring us out of obscurity to prominence, not for us to brag and say, look at me, not for us to say, I'm great, but for us to realize that God created us with purpose. God created us to influence. God created us to fulfill his purpose in the earth. And we ought to know that God will bring us out.
out of obscurity into prominence. Just like he did Gideon. Just like he did Gideon. All of these men of God and Deborah was unknown. But after a while, they became significant influential. You see, God wants us to know it's him that's working. And when he used what's obvious, we might second guess whether or not it's him that's working. Almighty God uses unknown and unexpected people to influence the outcome of human history all the time. All the time. I know you don't believe it in here today, but I'm here to tell you and to declare that some of you in here today or all of you in here today, if you will respond to God's word, will be used significantly by God to influence a lot of people. You can be one of those people. If you want, it's all about how you respond to God's presence. It's all about how you respond to God's word. Gideon was visited by an angel and was told that he was a mighty man of valor who was to lead Israel to throw off the oppression of the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites and their allied nations had destroyed Israel's crop causing Israelites to hide in caves and dugouts. Some relocated their families to walled cities. As a result, the Israelites were impoverished. Then came the angel of the Lord to visit Gideon. God will always visit oppression. God do not like for anyone to oppress anybody. God will always visit oppression. Mm-hmm. God will always visit those who are downtrodden. God will always visit those who can't help themselves. Oh, hallelujah. God will always come to our aid. But here is really what happens. When God comes to your aid, what will you do? The other day, this got to be the Lord. I didn't hear his voice, but I got this strong thought that I'm probably going to probably expound on and teach a little bit more and that is that God wants us as a church to pray to him and ask him send me to people who know they are in need of him or send people to us that know they are in need of him that's as clear as day don't go to people who you think are in need. Because you might think they're in need, but if they don't think they're in need, you can't help them. But when they know they are in need and they declare they are in need, when you show up, guess what? God will work. That's how we're going to move forward in 2023. That's, 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 that's our vision for 2023 is praying that God will send people to us that are in need or send us to them, but they have to know it. You can't just go to them and say, ah, you know, because here is what we do as people that we don't realize. Brother Haskell, we adjust to our situations. 
And so it's very easy. Why do people keep smoking when they know? Because we adjust to our situation, right? Right? There are people that's going through hard times that you look and you're looking from the outside looking at like, why do they continue to struggle with that? You're saying that. They adjusted to their situation. And it has, it's no longer a struggle to them as you might think because you're looking from the outside in. And because you're not the one, you think, how can they? And they're like, if they could answer you truthfully, yeah, it's kind of what it is. I've adjusted. This is just the way it is. And they just keep living. You can't help those people. You can't help those people who have adjusted to their situation and think that's just the way it is. You cannot help them because they have adjusted and accepted that this is just my life. But when God shows up and tells them this is not your life, they have to be willing to respond to God and say, yes, Lord, you're right. This is not my life and I will no longer settle for this life because you didn't design me to be this way. And when people respond to God like that, they will become influencers and they will become purposeful in how they live for God. But as long as you settle in your situation, as long as you continue to feel like, well, this is just the way it is. Brother Jimenez, there's as long as we're living for God, we don't have to settle for anything. As long as we're living for God, we don't have to accept anything if it's not God's will. We can't be settled in church. We have to realize if what God called me to be, I'm going to be. If what God is saying I need to do, I need to do because I'm not settling. I'm not saying this is my lot in life. I'm not just going to lay down and die, just wait to die. I am going to live for God the way God said I need to live for him. So your prayers, as we begin to move forward, make sure you include this in your prayers. God send us to people who know they have a need. That you have put in their heart that they have a need. Send us the people that are really in need and know they're in need. Or send them to us, those people who are in need and know they're in need. Because when people know they're in need and they encounter a person of God, they know it's God that's doing it. That keeps everybody in check. The person that's in need, no, they were the one that in their quiet time just cried and said, God, I need help. There's no way I can continue to survive this way. And so when you show up as a Christian, guess what? God, they know God sent you. So we need to make sure we're praying for people that have a need, that know they have a need. Not you just look out and say, oh, those poor souls, let's help them. Because we can go and help them and it won't mean anything. And God's will for everybody is not that we just stay still and do nothing and just die. God's God's will for everybody is that we become influencers and that we live a purposeful life, not that we just exist. And so God is not helping us just so we can just be helped. We don't just want to help people to help them. We want to help them so they can become who God designed them to be. That's why we're helping them. Now, I'm not telling you it doesn't mean sometimes you help people and you never tell them about God. Because sometimes God will just have you to help them and they'll walk away and they'll know that was the hand of God. And God might direct them to another apostolic church, maybe not your church.
when the Bible says the angel of the Lord showed up, that was interesting. In Judges 6, 6 and 17, it says, and he said unto him, if now I have found grace, listen to me carefully. The scripture says, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Gideon says, if I found grace, because you showed up. This is interesting. Grace, the definition of grace, we have different definitions that we like to quote because we like to give definitions that work, you know, the way we want them to work. And so grace, we normally say grace Oh, y'all know it? That's what we say? Okay. Uh huh. So we always say grace is the favor or kindness shown without regards to the worth or merit of one who receive it and in spite of what that same person deserves. So, yes, just like you said, sister, grace is God's unmerited favor. True. But Gideon said this. This is what Gideon said. Gideon said, if I have found grace in thy sight. So what Gideon was referring to was, whenever God shows up, we have experienced grace. Go back to Noah. But Noah found grace. Anytime God shows up in your situation to give you instructions, Anytime God's presence show up in your situation, you're experiencing grace. So I know we want to say unmerited favor, and we're thinking, Brother Sharp, when we think unmerited favor, we're thinking he's showing up to do whatever we want him to do. So when we think grace, unmerited favor, we're thinking God is going to show up and do what I want him to do. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. When in actuality, God is showing up because he's saying, I've seen your situation. I've seen your plight. I've seen what you're going through. I'm showing up now. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I'm here for you. But here is what you need to do to get out of the situation. And that part we want to leave off. Because now it ain't unmerited favor because I got to do something. But remember what I'm telling you as a preacher and according to the word of God. That grace means whenever you receive grace, you have a responsibility. Whenever you experience grace, there's a responsibility that goes with that. Whenever you experience grace, there's a responsibility that goes with that. So when God shows up and says, I'm here to take care of you. When Israel crossed the Red Sea. When they went into the promised land, you know what's one of the first things God did? Gave them responsibility. It's called the Ten Commandments. Because here's how our God operates. When I get you out, I need you to stay out. When our God get us out, he said, I want you to stay out. So, I don't just want you to experience the, the, the warm and fuzzy feeling of that I showed up. 
But I want you to get out of your situation so I can empower you to influence, so I can empower you to have purpose, so I can empower you to do some stuff. I just don't want you to feel good, warm and fuzzy and think that's it. So when God shows up grace that you don't deserve, unmerited favor, he's showing up to saying, all right, I'm here. He said that to the Israelites. I've seen your affliction. I've heard your cry. And so I've come to deliver you. Okay, so if it's supposed to be all good and all warm and fuzzy, why the Ten Commandments, Lord? Why not just let us go in the promised land and just dance and shout and eat the huge grapes and drink all the goodness of the land and we don't have to do nothing? Nope. Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. So grace will always bring about responsibility. When God shows up, God says, here's what you're required to do. And that's where we have challenges because we want God to show up and we don't have to do nothing. Listen to me. God wants to take you from unknown so you can become known. That's what he's wanting to do in all of our lives today. And we have to realize that the only way for us to experience that is to follow him. In the conversation with the angel, Gideon provided several reasons for the Lord to look elsewhere. None of Gideon's concern caused the angel to depart, to look for someone else, to to guide Israel's defeat of the Midianites. So think about it. Let's just put it in our terminology. Angel showed up, and the Lord is saying, Gideon is saying when the angels show up, yo, I don't even know why you're coming by me. You don't even know what I did last night. You have no idea what I'm thinking right now. And, and, and my parents and my people, usually you can associate poorness with, with life that's out of control. When people are poor, they do things that's not really cool, right? Right, Brother Hasker? I'm just saying because we know. Some of these people in here might not know, but we know that when people don't have, they start doing stuff. You know, you go into some real ghetto, you know, people, they, they do each other in because you're just trying to do everything to stay afloat. So when there's poverty, you do some uncouth things. And so Gideon is, is telling this angel, yo, you're not coming to see me because I'm a mess. You're not coming to see me because I am unrighteous. And then my family, they don't have nothing. You don't come to see me. The angels could have left and says, yeah, you're right. No good. But he stayed there because he was following the commandments and the instructions of the almighty God. And it doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you did last week. You know, us as people have a hard time with this. We have a hard time with this. Preachers have a hard time with this. But I've come to realize that God is our God, whether we're doing good or we're doing bad. It, it, it's all about how we respond to him. That, that's what this is all about. It's how we're, we, some of the traditional thoughts of people is once you sin, you're a mess. You are disqualified. Some of our churches and preachers are worse than the prison system. I know the prison system. And, and, and when you commit a crime in the prison system, you are forever scarred. 
You are. If you sold drugs and you went to jail for any amount of time, if somebody you know sold drugs and went to jail or they're battling the court, you know what they come to do? The, the, the cops come to find you and say, hey, you know, your boy just got caught. I've been watching you. And if you cooperate with us, I won't do nothing. But if you don't want to cooperate, we're going to be on you like white on rice. Once you get your name in the system, they don't treat you right. It's like it's forever. So man will hold your wrong against you forever. And that's not the way of God. Unfortunately, Christians do that too. We think that a Christian, when they sin, depending on the kind of sin, they're done. X them off. They're done. Forget about them. They can't be godly because how can they do something like that? They are not godly and they're done with you. We, were, we, we just like the prison system. We just like the worldly people. And I remember reading through scripture when God called um, um, Jonah, my prophet. The one that says, no, I'm not going to preach at Nineveh. I remember God calling David a man of my own heart, adultery and murderer. We would have wiped him up. David. Well, we crack up all the time. We say, he couldn't get licensed with the UPCI. He ain't getting no license. <laughs> That's what we do. And we forget that God is merciful and his grace will always come and show up. It's just how we respond to the goodness of God. He will come and say, I see you. They may have rejected you. They may have treated you wrong, but I see you. That's the grace of God. That no matter what man thinks of you, no matter how man treated you, no matter how much man want to write you off, God says, but I didn't. Let me finish up here. God was not necessarily needing prosperous or significant people. Instead, the Lord just needs people who are available. So the catch to what I'm saying here this morning is when the grace of God shows up, your response should say, here I am, Lord, whatever you want from me. Make yourself available. Stop what you're doing and give all you've got to what God is commanding you to do. That's how you get to be an influencer. That's how you now live a purposeful life. That's how you're taken from the unknown to become known is to when the grace of God show up, you says, here I am Lord, whatever you want, I will do. And you make yourself available unto God and not just keep doing what you've always done. Influencing others on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ always starts with availability. I remember, I shouldn't say this, and I'll try to be as discreet as possible. I remember, Brother Scarlett, years ago, this guy in the congregation I was in decided that he was going to start a church. And somebody said to me, you're not going to go with him? And I looked at them, I says, I'm in church more than he is in church. Y'all ain't with him. Brother Henry, they say, you going to go with him? I said, I'm in church more than he in church. 
You think I'm going to follow somebody that's doing less than me? <laughs> you think I'm going to follow somebody that's doing less than me? You think I'm always in the church, always serving the Lord, always doing stuff, and some other guy has decided I'm going to start a church, and I'm supposed to follow him? Availability. When God calls you, you got to be available. And the people that you're leading, if they don't think you're available, they're going to be wishy-washy. They won't be available. And what you're trying to do for God won't grow. That's what some preachers out there. What Gideon told the angel, it was facts. But it was irrelevant. However, a sense of personal inadequacy or true lacking, it seems to play well with God, Brother Tom. I'm telling you, this message resonates with me, and I hope it resonates with you. I've told you this story before. I remember the first time the men of God called me up to speak in front of the people. I made mistakes, and when I came down, people talked about the mistakes I made to me. Bro, you did okay, but you kept on saying, um, um, um. Bro, you did okay, but you ain't pronounced that word right. Bro, you did okay, but, you know, you should have said this. I felt inadequate. I didn't want to be called upon no more. Then later on, the man of God called me again to do it. I'm just like with my head down. Why is he doing this to me? I'm going to go up here and embarrass myself again. Inadequate. When you feel like you're adequate, it might not be God calling you. When you feel like you know what you're doing, it might not be God calling you. God likes to reach for the people that feel like they're inadequate. God likes to reach for the people that feel like I don't have nothing to offer. God likes to reach for the people that feel like my life is a mess. That's who God likes to reach for because he knows you will stay humble. He knows that he can work through you and you will know it's God, not you. But if you think you already anointed, if you think you already got the talents and abilities, when God calls you, you're going to be a mess. A mess. When the Holy Ghost was first poured out in the New Testament church and then filled the believers who spoke with tongues, the listeners or the onlookers were surprised at who spoke with tongues. They asked, are not all these which speak Galileans? Galileans were usually poorly educated blue-collar workers. Those of Judea looked down on the Galileans. No wonder they were shocked that these words of praise in numerous languages were coming from such people. The Almighty God has a unique strategy for calling influencers. You might think little of yourself or that you don't have the pedigree. But you're perfect for who God likes to call to do great things. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26 says, For ye see your calling, brethren. Somebody need to highlight this, need to write this down, because this is good text here. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. That's not my words, that's the word of the Lord. But God has chosen 
the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Are you clear now? The moment you think you're something, you in trouble. God won't visit you. This is why he says that God will come and, and, and talk to the humble. If you think you're, you are this and you're that, God not coming to see you. If you think you're okay, then God not coming to see you. If you don't think that, remember Jesus says, I didn't come for those that are well. I came for the people that are sick. And if you don't think you're sick, then God don't have to come visit you. You will not experience the grace of God. If you think you're doing well, then you don't need God's grace. So somebody might be wondering why God hasn't visited me yet. And I'm here to tell you, you need to humble yourself. If you will humble yourself, you will experience God's grace. If you will humble yourself, you will experience God's grace. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, as I close here, influence begins with one person, you. Don't look for somebody else to to influence others. God is calling you because you don't know who God is going to let you influence and you don't know who God is going to use the other person to influence. Influence starts with you. Being available to God is what we ought to do if we want God to use us. It means you are open to doing what others won't do. You ever thought about, I've preached this before, but you might have missed that that service. You ever thought about why Mary was the one that had the privilege of carrying around Jesus? You don't think there was a lot of virgins back in those days? You don't think a lot of Marys was out there? Why was it that Mary? God knew her heart. God knew what she would do. He knew she would respond respond in a resounding, I will. He knew she, she would respond in a resounding, whatever you want from me, God, I am going to do it. And she did. God is looking for people that will just respond to him with a resounding I surrender, I submit, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will make myself available. That's what God is looking for from you. He don't need your talent. He doesn't need your ability. He doesn't need no might that you have because God wants to do something in you. And what he's going to do will bring you from the unknown to the known. He will bring you from obscurity to prominence. Let's stand. The unknowns who became known. Don't forget what I said today. Your plans for you is not God's plans for you. God's plans are different than your plans. And what we have to do is say, God, I will submit to your will. Whatever your purpose, whatever your plans, that's what I will do. I am going to set aside I'm going to lay aside all of my plans because your plans will not bring you to a place of unknown to known. God will not bring you from obscurity to prominence according to your way. No, he will only do it according to his way. 
No, he can only do it the way he says he will do it. And church, I am telling you, you need to trust God. He wants to work through all of your lives. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what it is that you think is so hard for you to come out from. God can do it. God can do it. He knows how to do it just right. There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that God cannot do. You just have to trust him. You just have to just trust him. Why y'all smiling at me? Because I want to give Andre a big kiss. <laughs> a big hug and a big kiss, Andre. Woo. Play it, brother Andre. Play it, brother Andre. Play it, brother Andre. Sister Scott, you can just grab a mic if you'd like. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. come to the altar. Why don't you make an altar someplace where you are and begin to talk to the Lord and let him know you're available to him. Let him know that you will surrender everything to him. Let him know that you're ready to do whatever he wants you to do. It is your time. It is your hour. God has taken this church where he wants to take us and he's letting us know I'm going to take you all from the unknown to the known. Not because you're brilliant. Not because you're talented. Not because you're special. But because I have chosen you and I want to show you grace. I want you to fulfill your purpose. I want you to walk according to my plans. And I want you to influence people the way you can. Ah. Anybody want to be used by God? Anybody want to be used by God? Anybody want to walk in the purpose and plan of God for their life? Is anybody available to the Lord today? Change today. We can leave this place changed today. We can walk in the faith. 
regard from this day on if we will just say yes to his will. If we will just say, God, I will do what you want me to do. I will be that influencer. I will be that person that will live according to your purpose. Oh, church, God is here touching your heart. God is here speaking to you. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. I can hear the cry of sinners, but can I wipe away their tears? Take hold. 
of us, but help us to realize we have a responsibility and we will do what you want us to do. Bless us as we go from this place today. Oh God, we thank you and praise you for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord God. We bless your name. Church, whenever you're ready to go, you can. I just, I just, I'm experiencing just the goodness of God, the love of God. I just appreciate him so much. I thank him so much because he's just been so good, so good, so good. So good, so good, so good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We love you, great God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your provision, for not forsaking us, for not disqualifying us. For, Lord, we certainly have done some things that, oh, God, would have disqualified us if it wasn't for your mercy, if it wasn't for your goodness, if it wasn't for your grace. Some of the things that we've done, Lord God, oh, Lord, would have disqualified us, would have, oh, God, prevented us from experiencing your grace. But, Lord, you're so wonderful. You are love. And, oh, God, you have kept us. And you have come and visited us. Just extending your grace to us. Lord, we love you. Lord, we pray your blessing upon this church. The strength of God to come upon us. The power of God working through us. Lord God, as we walk in complete humility, as we walk in complete submission to you, knowing that it wasn't anything that we have done, it's not any brilliance that we have, but it's just because we have submitted to your commands is why we can have influence, is why we can live a life of purpose. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, almighty God. I thank you, almighty God, for bringing us out of obscurity and into prominence. I thank you for bringing us out of being unknown to known, Lord God. All that we can be, all that we, oh God, would hope to be is in you. We humble ourselves before you. And we say, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.